Hey, this is Rob Harder with Making Your World Better, a nonprofit leadership show where real stories from real people who are coming up with real solutions to solve society's biggest challenges. What does it take to be an effective nonprofit leader today? How do people fundraise in an economy that is constantly in flux? How do you relate to board members in a way that inspires them to make a difference? What are the best practices that separate effective nonprofits from others? It is my hope that through these episodes, people can learn not only what it takes to be an effective nonprofit organization, but to hear real stories from real leaders who are successfully making a positive impact in their communities. We hope you enjoy this series as together we hear how they're making their world better. Welcome to the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast, Making Your World Better. So how do you go about making a major change in your organization? Whenever you seek to implement major changes, the risks are high, the results are not guaranteed, and there is a lot on the line. So how do you summon the organizational courage to make a significant change to your nonprofit? Well, my guest today is going to share the story of his organization and how they did just that. My guest today is Ivan Gomez. He's the head of marketing, innovation, and research at World Vision. World Vision is a nonprofit organization that focuses on humanitarian aid, development, and advocacy, and is active in nearly 100 countries with a total revenue including more than $2 billion. Enjoy today's show. Ivan, it's great to have you on the show today. Now, World Vision is very well known around the country and the world, for that matter, for its uniquely personal approach to addressing poverty and seeking solutions to overcome it. You have had 70 years of history, the organization that is. For those who may be unfamiliar with World Vision or who don't know about how and why World Vision started, share a bit about the history of your organization. Sure will, Rob. Well, first of all, I just wanted to thank you for the opportunity to share our story with you. Thanks for having me on. Um, World Vision is a Christian humanitarian organization, and it was really born when our founder, Bob Pierce, was inspired to do something about all the suffering and poverty uh, uh, during the Korean War. Right from the start, Mr. Pierce was extremely innovative in reaching uh, out to the American people, uh, bringing video back from his travels, for example, so people could see firsthand the struggles of children and refugees impacted by the Korean War. And our work kept growing and growing through the years. In the 1970s, our president, Stan Winningham, performed Operation Sea Sweep, renting a boat against all odds to rescue Vietnamese refugees stranded at sea. And in the 1980s, we were one of the first to respond during the Ethiopia famine. And we are still working in the country today, bringing hope and resilience to, to families there. In the 1990s, we were at the forefront of the effort to help people impacted by the AIDS crisis in Africa, which at the time was a pretty controversial topic. So, well, we've been very courageous, uh, not only innovative in the work that we do. And today, as you stated, we're one of the most respected international humanitarian organizations in the world. And our U.S. offices alone generate over $1 billion in revenue each year to help the world's most vulnerable people. As you said, World Vision works in nearly 100 countries. We really focus on humanitarian development, disaster relief, and advocacy. And one important point that I wanted to make uh, to you and to uh, your listeners is that 98% of our staff are locals in the communities we partner with. And we work alongside these communities to help people lift themselves out of poverty. 
Well, personally, I've sponsored several kids for years now through World Vision, so I've seen up close and personal uh, your approach and how you try to be holistic and really try to provide wraparound services for these kids all over the world. I believe you do really good work. Now, from your perspective, over the last 70 years, what stands out to you as the greatest accomplishments of World Vision's work? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, when I think about uh, child sponsorship and World Vision, uh, and I've been with World Vision now uh, coming up on my three-year anniversary, so still relatively new, but I'm just always in awe about our child sponsorship program. It really is world-class development work. Everything about it is designed to empower people to lift themselves out of poverty and become self-reliant. For me, one of the things that stands out about our approach to child sponsorship is the fact that it's child-focused and community-based, what I sometimes call a hybrid approach. From a community standpoint, our approach is all about going into a community, listening to the folks there, working with the community to understand uh, their specific problems, and then working jointly with them to develop plans to weed out those root causes of poverty that are affecting everyone in the community. And an important thing uh, to note is that the funds that we get from donors and sponsors who are child sponsors, all of those funds are pooled together in a community to maximize the impact and help everyone in the community, particularly children. So that community-based approach is really powerful. On top of that, we have the child focus, and that's really important because every sponsor uh, develops a personal relationship with a specific child, and that and through letter writing and other communication. And that really helps the emotional and spiritual well-being uh, of the child and of the family. So that uh, community and child-focused hybrid is really powerful. I also like very much that World Vision serves all people of all faiths or none all over the world. Wherever there are problems, wherever there's extreme poverty, you can be sure that World Vision is trying to get there. Um, Over the past five years alone, uh, 200 million children's lives have, have been impacted by our work. Uh, and the power of this community-child hybrid approach means that for every one child that is sponsored by someone like you, another four children in the community are also helped. Now, World Vision developed a very effective child sponsorship program. Now, however, I understand that you have just recently started a groundbreaking campaign to completely change the way you are doing child sponsorships. The marketing campaign is called Chosen. Now, talk about the changes you have made, how it works now, and why did you decide to make this momentous change? Yeah, let me start where you finished, like what made us start this momentous change. We are always looking to innovate. Uh, Innovation is the lifeblood of any organization. And we know that although the U.S. is one of the most, if not the most generous countries in the world, international humanitarian receives a relatively small amount, about 6% of all the, the giving that is done. So we're always trying to get more folks to be interested in, to know about, uh, and to support international humanitarian uh, work. There are uh, three big barriers to to international giving, at least what we've uh, discovered. Their futility, uh, will my money, will my support make a difference? Skepticism, does the money actually get there? Is it doing any good? And distance, it's very far away. I don't really have a personal connection Um, So anything we can do to kind of close the distance uh, is really important. So we try to tackle, and everything we do, we're trying to tackle one or two or three, all three of these 
big barriers to international uh, giving. When it comes to child sponsorship, as you know, uh, historically, um, sponsors, donors, people living here in the U.S., uh, like you and I, would choose a child. So we had this radical thought. What if we changed everything around? What if we uh, turned everything upside down? And what if instead of us choosing the child, what if we put the power to choose in the child's hands? So that is exactly what we did, and that was really the genesis uh, of the idea of Chosen. Uh, and over the last six months, we've been able to uh, take that from just an idea to a fully launched initiative. Basically how it works is whether you're at a live event, for example, in a church or in an artist uh, concert, uh, at a school, at a corporation, or whether you're doing it fully online, digitally, you sign up to be chosen, you take your photo, whether it's at a photo booth in an event or you can take a selfie yourself uh, on your phone. That photo is sent out to a community where we, uh, where we work and your photo along with many other people who signed up are hung up and the kids come in, what we call the choosing celebration, come in and actually go and choose their own sponsor. Those choices are sent back to to you, the sponsor, and you get a nice, uh, beautiful reveal uh, on your end. And that is the way we make the connection between sponsor and child, totally flipping the entire uh, dynamic. That, in a nutshell, is what Chosen is all about. Well, as you've talked about a little bit, there is no doubt you've had a successful child sponsorship program for a long time, and you made a very bold decision to change the way, I mean, completely change the way you're doing this program. This is a radical shift. So you mentioned the importance of honoring the child's dignity and seeking to empower them in the process by giving them a choice about who their sponsors could be. So I wonder if you had any other data that prompted you to make this change. Sure. Well, there were some, there's some data, but there were also some consumer donor insights and just understanding, uh, human behavior understanding. So first of all, uh, as I mentioned at, at our opening, everything that World Vision tries to do is about empowering kids and empowering families. So the fact that we came up with this idea that puts the dignity in the hands of the child to choose their sponsor, that each, uh, it, it points uh, and indicates very viscerally that each and every one of us is valuable and we can have choices in life. We're not relegated to our lot in life. Setting off our sponsorship relationship with that has been really powerful from a child and family side. But what we've also found is that folks in here in the United States are also going through some tough times. We've never been more connected at also isolated in a lot of ways. And we found that being able to plug into something bigger than ourselves has really been transformational for a lot of people living here in the U.S. So someone choosing you, someone believing in you is so powerful. Uh, there's a video, one of the many videos that we've uh, put together of donors who have gone through Chosen. Uh, his name is Regis, and he was an orphan. And in an orphanage, his mom came in, and out of all the kids, he was telling us, uh, his mom chose him. So when he uh, signed up to be chosen and a child chose him, it brought back all of those memories of what it must have been like for his mom to make that choice and choose him and believe in him. And it was just a really powerful uh, moment. So we're seeing a lot of that 
powerful emotion, very transformational experiences going on. From a data standpoint, we've been seeing uh, over the last few years that the sponsorship category has been pretty stagnant. And we just wanted to press into the miraculous and try to shake things up a bit to help kids living in extreme poverty. And, and really, that was the that that kind of inspired Chosen. Now, I realize this is a fairly recent change. I understand that it's actually just been three weeks. I was mistaken that it was six months. It's actually been three weeks. So this is very, very recent. So far, what have been the results? And specifically, how have the kids responded to this change? Yeah, and, and we've actually just launched on September 20th. So it's only been about three weeks. So the results uh, are pretty early, but the results so far have been in a word, terrific. We are seeing so much interest, not only from individuals, but also our partners, whether they be artists or celebrities, churches, corporations, schools, lots of interest in working uh, with and through World Vision uh, that we uh, hadn't been getting before. And then the response rates of individuals who are exposed to Chosen have been really, really strong. But for me so far, what's been the most fulfilling response has been seeing the faces of the kids and families that go through these choosing experiences. There is such authentic joy and strength that we're seeing uh, that it's just an amazing thing to be a part of. Uh, the other big element that I see as a, as a strong result is the energized staff, both here in the U.S., but more importantly, uh, in the communities where we work, just the, this feeling of energy and feeling like we're doing something amazing uh, and that there is so much upside potential uh, behind Chosen, that's probably been one of the most powerful results so far that I'm seeing. Hey, everybody. Rob here. Thanks so much for listening to the Nonprofit Leadership Show. If this is your first time listening to us, I wanted to make sure you're aware of a whole group of other interviews with fascinating guests that I've previously interviewed. Just go to our website, nonprofitleadershippodcast.org, and there you'll find numerous interviews of nonprofit leaders from all over the country, even from different countries, all trying to make their world better. I think you'll really enjoy those interviews. We want to give you more content, and we'd like to get that information to you. And all you have to do is give us your email. When you go to that website, you can put your email address in that first box you'll see on the front page, and you'll be added to our monthly email update. In addition to some great content, you'll see the latest uh, podcast shows. It'll be actually sent right to your inbox. And that way you'll never miss any of the great content on this show. The other thing I'll mention to you is if you have questions or comments or you'd like to be on the show, do not hesitate to email me. I'd love to hear from you. Just do that through our website, my email, rob at ccofpc.org. Well, thanks again for listening. Now back to the show. For those just tuning in, my guest today is Ivan Gomez. He's the head of marketing innovation and research for World Vision. World Vision is a nonprofit organization that focuses on humanitarian aid, development, and advocacy, and is active in nearly 100 countries with a total revenue including more than $2 billion. Now, Ivan, I really like that you're focusing on the dignity of every individual that you serve. In the nonprofit that I lead, dignity is one of our core values. And so it's so encouraging to hear how you are seeking to do that on a very large scale. Now let's move to another important subject, critical for nonprofit leaders, and that's the issue of marketing. Marketing is so critical for nonprofits, but so challenging to do well. Um, Perhaps you could talk about how you rolled this marketing campaign out, what was your process, and what have you learned so far along the way? 
I, it probably would be helpful for you to give, uh, for me to give you a little bit of background about me, uh, because, uh, that probably influences a lot of, um, my answer in terms of what we did on a marketing, uh, standpoint. So I come from the for-profit world. I had a, about a 20-year career in marketing and general management before coming to World Vision, as I said earlier, about three years ago. I started out uh, at Procter & Gamble, both in the U.S. and international. I spent about five years in Venezuela, where I met my wife, and then I worked uh, at Kimberly Clark, most notably on the uh, Huggies brand on, in a global role, so some global marketing as well. And now that I'm at World Vision, I just love it. I'm able to bring a lot of the expertise and knowledge, models, strategy, from the for-profit world, from marketing background, to help not only improve uh, the performance of World Vision, but more importantly, to get more kids uh, sponsored, to help more people living in poverty. So it's really been fulfill- very fulfilling to to move to uh, World Vision. Um, but as I said, I brought all of that knowledge and expertise with me, and what we really try to do is to complement all of the expertise in in the nonprofit world that we have here at World Vision and bring in some of this profit uh, approaches. One of the main things we did uh, in preparation for Chosen is we developed a very robust segmentation model to really segment our audience here uh, in a much more sophisticated way than we had ever done before. And based on that segmentation, uh, we took a, a very consumer-centric or donor-centric approach to developing the chosen um, marketing plan. A couple of examples are we identified two of our top segments for investment, and so a lot of our paid digital media, our our, uh, events, live events, et cetera, were oriented and targeted to those two specific segments um, that we go after um, for, for support. But in addition to that, we want to try to create a brand movement behind Chosen and behind World Vision and really lift up uh, the brand and the category uh, as much as possible. Some of our efforts, mostly through earned media, through social influencers, through celebrities, through PR, are targeted more to the mass audience, and we really want to have those two, the, the targeted segments and the mass, feeding off each other to try to build and ignite uh, a brand movement. So that's a little bit of our more sophisticated targeting approach. In terms of the nuts and bolts of the marketing plan, there are really three main priorities for our marketing plan. Uh, And as I said, it's only three weeks in, so we haven't actually gone through all of this, so I'm getting a little ahead of myself. But the three big priorities are we wanted to make sure that we executed the live events that we're doing in person with excellence. We uh, executed Chosen in a number of churches and in a number of artist concerts over the last three weeks. Not only was it important to get the initiative off to a fast start, but those events were going to be a source of user-generated content that then we were going to leverage on social and digital. So executing those events with excellence was really important. The second big rock or big priority, as we call it, uh, was to make sure we executed in social and digital to a level that World Vision hasn't done before, so getting a lot more sophisticated uh, on that. One of the main things that we're doing that we haven't done as much in the past is 
getting lots of user-generated content and leveraging social media platforms uh, like Facebook and Instagram, Twitter, to ignite that movement. So social digital, getting more sophisticated there, definitely another big priority. And then the third one is we want to make sure that we succeed in December. Uh, December is a heavy giving period across the board for all um, nonprofits. We wanted to make sure that we were doing things to get a lot of high media impressions. Um, I can't get into all the details of what we're planning to do because it hasn't happened yet. But one thing I will highlight is we are bringing to life our gift catalog. It's something that we call the Give Back Gift Shop, and it'll be in Bryant Park in New York City, December 2nd and 3rd. So I invite you and all of your listeners, if you're in the New York City area and want to stop by, you can learn more about World Vision, see Chosen come to life, see our gift catalog uh, come to life, and uh, uh, hopefully we'll get a lot of uh, media coverage, earned media, and that's going to be another way to continue building uh, the brand movement behind Chosen and World Vision. Uh, just a couple of early results I wanted to share with you is, even though it's only been three weeks, we have about uh, 5 million views already of our launch video for Chosen. Uh, we've never gotten this many views of a video before, so we're really excited about that. We have generated a tremendous amount of very powerful user-generated content, both from individuals like you and I, as well as, you know, big-time social influencers and, and some celebrities. Uh, and probably most important, we have already 5,000 uh, people who have signed up to be chosen just in these first three weeks of launch. So we are super excited about the results so far. I'm really glad you mentioned social media because I've talked to a lot of people on my show and asked questions about what the role of social media is with fundraising and marketing in particular. So let me ask you a further question on that. How important is it, in your opinion, to use social media for your marketing efforts? And maybe even on a more granular level, if you were advising a nonprofit, what's the percentage of a marketing budget that you would allocate to social media and mainstream media, such as TV and radio, for example, on the one hand, versus print media on the other. Could you speak to that? Yeah, I wish there were a simple uh, answer to that and a standard answer that everybody could use. And unfortunately, the answer really is it depends. It depends on how sophisticated and how well you know how to use social media. It depends on how good a job you can do at getting earned. Our approach at World Vision is always to first pursue earned support, i.e. free support versus paid. So we try to do as much as possible to get particularly Christian celebrities, Christian influencers to support our efforts. When that doesn't work, we do uh, use some paid media for advertising and even some sometimes some paid influencer uh, support. Um, but we try to minimize that. So without revealing too much, I'd say you know, that of our total marketing plan, probably less than 20% is spent on paid social efforts. But that can vary depending on, the, on, on so many factors. So I wouldn't want to share that with your audience as a current best approach. And by the way, we're pretty new to social digital marketing. Uh, most of our history has been focused in on uh, 
what we call offline events, in-person events. And so we're learning as we go. Uh, one of the things that we, we've been using a lot uh, through this last six-month journey of creating uh, Chosen is we're flying the plane as we're building it. And, you know, maybe a lot of your audience can, can relate to that when we're trying to do new things. By the way, I did want to – one of the questions that you asked in your multi-question previous uh, question was, what had we learned so far? I think uh, you asked that, and, and I did want to mention a couple of things that might be helpful to your audience. One of the things that we did to make Chosen happen so quickly is that we appointed and empowered a small team – yours truly as the, the team leader, to be accountable for bringing Chosen to life. They were empowered to be able to make decisions and to move quickly and to marshal resources needed. Through that effort, we as World Vision U.S. have really learned how to work better together, and we realize that if we're all rowing in the same direction, that we can do amazing things. Taking an idea uh, from an idea to fully launched initiative in less than six, six months is really unheard of here at uh, World Vision. I think we also learned that we have so much potential behind Chosen, not only in the U.S., but globally. We've actually just recently completed uh, a workshop with a number of our other uh, offices around the world. There's a lot of interest in, in expanding this. So in just you know, a, a short number of months, we've really learned a lot on how to operate better as an organization behind Chosen. I think it's going to be very helpful for my listeners. Thanks for mentioning that and answering my question there about what you've learned so far. Well, my guest again today has been Ivan Gomez, Head of Marketing, Innovation, and Research for World Vision. World Vision is a nonprofit organization that focuses on humanitarian aid, development, and advocacy, and is active in nearly 100 countries with a total revenue including more than $2 billion. Ivan, for those listening to this podcast, how can they find out more about your critical work at World Vision and how they can get involved? Yes. Yeah, so if uh, people are interested in learning more about World Vision, and hopefully many will, will be, um, I'd advise to go to our website, worldvision.org. And from there, you will see uh, information about Chosen, which will lead you to our microsite or landing page for Chosen. There you'll be able to see the launch video and you'll be able to sign up, get your picture taken and go through the experience. It's great to have you on the show today. I wanted to let you know that we are on iTunes. If you are wondering how to find out where we are, check us out on iTunes by typing Nonprofit Leadership Podcast or Rob Harder, and this podcast should show up. We also encourage you, when you go on iTunes, let us know what you think. Give us a review. Give us a rating. We would love to hear what you think of this podcast, and your feedback will help us expand this podcast to get it out to as many people as we can. You can also go online to listen to this podcast, either nonprofitleadershippodcast.org or my website, robharder.com. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, keep making your world better.